A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Today we've got a crazy entitled parent story about kidnapping. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, Step Monster tried to kidnap me and my sister for Christmas. This happened in 2009 when I was 15 and my sister was 11. I honestly don't remember it well. I had to call my mother to fill me in on some details and it helped a little. My parents got divorced when I was 10. My mother got primary custody but we stayed with my father for about 3 days a week, sometimes more. They took turns celebrating the holidays with us. We'd spend them with one parent in one year and with the other one the next. In March 2009, my father and his then-girlfriend Molly broke up after he confessed to cheating with the woman that eventually became Step Monster. Years later, I found out that that affair had been going on for almost two years by the time he told Molly. He introduced her to us in May, on my birthday actually, and they almost immediately announced their engagement. From that moment, she started trying to force us all to be a happy, blended family which usually meant forcing us to do everything she, or sometimes my stepbrother, wanted, and pretending my mom wasn't in the picture. Stepmonster and dad started pushing her to leave us with them a lot more often than my parents had previously agreed, but she thankfully wouldn't budge. We started getting ready for the holidays in November, and Stepmonster started talking about a ski resort, hotel, I don't know, it was 14 years ago, that she wanted to visit with us. It was a three-hour car drive from where we lived and was clearly more suited for couples, younger children, or the elderly. Neither me or my sister wanted to go, but before we could say that, Stepmonster asked us when we'd be done with school so that she could book it for a two-week trip during our winter break. I was happy to be the one to break it to her. We'd spent Christmas and New Year's Day with my father and Molly the year before, so it was my mom's turn to have us. My father and stepmonster called my mother dozens of times to try to convince her to let them take us, insisting that stepmonster was excited to spend Christmas with us and that the previous year's holidays didn't count because we'd spent them with Molly. My mom said no, as she'd already made plans, and the subject was dropped for a few weeks. Then, on our last day of school before winter break, stepmonster picked me and my sister up from our schools. That was fine, we were supposed to spend a couple of days with my father before the holidays. What wasn't fine was that the moment we got into her car, Stepmonster said, We're going to the ski resort, surprise! She proceeded to tell us that they'd already packed our bags for us, and Dad would meet us there. I asked if my mom knew about this, and she said, Sure, but I knew that was a lie. I also didn't believe her when she said we'd only be there for a couple of days and would be back before Christmas. I figured they'd book the two weeks stay they wanted and would probably guilt trip us both into staying once their couple of days were up. I was terrified. I didn't have a phone. My mom thought I was still too young to have one. Didn't trust Stepmonster and I could see my sister was even more scared. I told Stepmonster we didn't want to go. She said, fine, let's just pick Stepbrother up from school. We picked him up from school. Stepmonster said, okay, now let's go to the resort. I said again that we didn't want to go. She said, fine, let's just find a gas station and fill up. That pattern repeated itself about six times over the next hour. Every time I said we didn't want to go, Stepmonster would make up an excuse and pretend to forget my plea. As we were about to leave town, my dad called Stepmonster. I heard them fight for a few minutes about something and then she hung up. Stepbrother asked her what happened, but she didn't answer. Then she said, 
I'm taking you kids to your mom's. She turned the car around and took us home. When we got there, my mom pulled us out of the car and screamed at Stepmonster to leave, which she did. My mom was hugging us and bawling as if she hadn't seen us in years. She didn't tell me the full story until a few days later. Basically, my mom called my dad in a panic because he'd never told her we'd gotten home, which he always did whenever he picked us up from school. He was hoping she wouldn't call until we were already at the resort. My father knew that lying would do more harm than good, so he told her their plans. He tried to spin it around as something my sister wanted, but my mother didn't buy it. She told him that if Stepmonster didn't take us back to her place, she'd call the police. My father and Stepmonster took my stepbrother to the resort. For a few months after, they bragged about all the fun they had and all the things me and my sister had missed. Stepbrother later confided in me that he actually hated it. He barely saw his mom while they were there, and he spent Christmas mostly alone in their room. Stepmonster called us both selfish for trying to ruin their holidays. My sister actually felt guilty for a while and I had to reassure her. My mom didn't call the cops or press charges. At the time, she didn't know if what Stepmonster did would qualify as a crime or if they'd actually help. She also feared that she would ruin our relationship with my father, with whom she was still trying to stay on amicable terms. Years later, she told me she regretted not calling anyone. And that's the story of how I got my first phone. For some reason, I really hate this story, so much that I avoid talking about it. This text was actually on my drafts for almost a week. It's far from the worst thing Stepmonster has ever done, but it still pisses me off. I admit that writing it all down did help a little though. I definitely don't blame OP for being so torn up inside about sharing the story and talking about it. I mean, it's such a disgusting thing to do to kids, and when you think back to yourself in that situation as a kid, not really understanding the gravity of the situation, and you think about what you know now, what could have happened, what other people should have done as far as calling the cops, like how serious this whole situation was, I definitely understand if there's a pit in your stomach that forms. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you can't get enough of hearing about these entitled parents, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is Dad demanding $100 a week for play money. I, 25-year-old female, live with my dad, 55-year-old male, my brother, 23-year-old male, and my dad's overseas wife, 36-year-old female. I'll try to keep this short. My dad got a $20 rent increase and is now demanding $100 a week from me and my brother. He calls it play money and is demanding it because he doesn't have enough money for himself to buy stuff like me and my brother do. Mind you, he has his money to play with. Meanwhile, my dad's wife is not from Australia, she's from Vietnam. She's a very lovely lady, but she doesn't contribute to the household, she only cooks. Last I heard, she only pays my dad about $150 a week per fortnight. I'm not exactly sure if she does anymore. My dad paid for her secondhand scooter and continues to pay for her petrol despite her working nearly six days a week. She's now wanting a car and I bet my dad will buy her the car. My brother doesn't contribute to the household. He pays for grocery shopping and gives my dad $100 a week, but that's it. No cooking, no cleaning, nothing. He has a very good job as a traffic controller, earns over $1,200 a week, sometimes more if he's on night shift. My dad, he earns about $1,100 a week, works for a big company picking and packing. He works a lot of overtime, so maybe his pay is more than what I'm stating. My dad pays the rent, the electric, gas, and water. Meanwhile, I work retail as a casual one day a week. 
I've asked twice for more hours, but my managers say that they don't have the budget to give me more hours. So my paycheck is maybe $100 a week if I'm lucky. I'm also on government benefits, $750 a fortnight. So altogether I get $850 altogether if I'm lucky. And because I'm on government benefits, I get rent assistance, so I get cheaper bills. So my dad thought it was a good idea to put my name on the gas and electricity bills. He still pays it, but I get it cheaper for him. However, my dad and brother call me lazy, but I'm basically a housewife. I mop and vacuum the house, unload the dishwasher, washing, hanging, folding, and putting away laundry. I empty the cat litter, put new litter in. I feed the cats night and day. Even one cat is my brother's, but now it's mine. But if I miss a spot on the floor, or if I don't do all the chores before my dad comes home, he rages it, calls me names, insults me, angry cleans up around the house, goes over spots I missed or I didn't clean right. I try to defend myself saying that I forgot to clean this part of the house. I cleaned it already, but instead I get yelled at. He even threatens to kick me out of the house because I'm being a smart butt. But the thing is, my dad is a clean freak and cleans every single day. Vacuums twice a day. Anyways, I'm paying for my Spotify, Disney+, Plus, my Nintendo internet, Photoshop, and now me and my brother's Netflix, which all comes to $100 a month. Also, me and my brother pay for groceries every week. We split it in half between us. Right now, shopping is over $250 every week. Thanks, cost of living. My brother and my mom demand money from me sometimes. My brother has a bad spending habit and blows all of his money on alcohol and going out to parties in the bush. Meanwhile, my biological mom is living on disability pension. She gets less than me from the government. But somehow, my brother and mom don't have enough money, and they always ask me to give them money. In the past, I've given it to them, but lately I've been feeling the pinch of cost of living and I can't afford it. Whenever I can't give them money, my brother insults me, calling me bad names. My mom is more understanding about it, but keeps asking for money. Now that all the important information is done, I'm autistic and therefore I don't do well in social situations, but I work in retail. I'm actually enjoying retail because it's getting me out of my comfort zone, and I've grown less anxious around the public because of it. Starting up a new job for me is scary, but I know it's necessary for me to get money. I was even thinking about getting a second job, but I feel like it would just be too much for me because my last job I had in childhood was damaging to my mental health. I do understand where my dad is coming from. I understand that he's trying to teach me and my brother how to live in the real world, but I'm struggling here. I have no savings now because I had to give my dad money. I used to have $1,300 in my savings, but now it's down to $300. I thought parents were supposed to help their children out. I thought parents were supposed to encourage saving, but I guess not. I asked my dad when he implemented the $100 a week thing, what if I don't have the money? You have to have the money, he said. My boyfriend's offered me to move in with him, but it's an hour and a half away. His parents wouldn't ask me for much money at all, maybe $150 a week or a fortnight. They are so much nicer and they don't clean every single day. They're nice and they treat me with respect. But yeah, I don't really know why I'm here making a post. I guess this is a vent? A cry for help? Am I looking for a reason to leave my toxic household? Any advice would be helpful and appreciated. I would definitely say if moving in with the boyfriend seems like a realistic option, OP should go for it. I mean, I hope it doesn't just like for some reason totally burn bridges with their parents. 
Because, you know, if things do go on its side, hopefully OP could still go back to that situation. In that situation, you'd really find out very quickly if your parents are narcissistic. Our next story is, borrowed my dad's money, and instead of paying me back, he bought a PS5. My dad called me saying he was a victim of identity theft. I became very worried, so I sent him the money. We had a thorough discussion about how he would pay me back. He agreed to the terms. Instead of paying me back, he bought a PS5 instead. He called me and told me how much fun he was having, but never mentioned paying me back. And his finances are so thin, there's no way he could afford to pay me back if he did buy the PS5. I couldn't even bring myself to mention to him that he should return the money. I was just so taken aback. It's like I'm supposed to accept that he was having fun, and that because he was having fun, I shouldn't ask him for the money. That was the implication. He's done similar things many times and always acts super resentful and spiteful of people who ask for their money back. I don't even feel like I should have to ask. He clearly knows he should pay me back. So instead, I've just stopped calling him. He hasn't tried to call me either. He clearly knows and seems to be hoping I'll forget or not ask. But then last night, I had a dream where we found his corpse in the bathroom. I tried to give him CPR, but I wasn't able to resuscitate him. When I woke up, I started to feel so guilty that I'm awful for not wanting to talk to him, but reaching out to him and asking for his love at this point just feels so degrading. He has no interest in my life and just wants to talk about his life. I think he's on drugs again too, painkillers, which makes everything worse. I feel scared for him, but he's so far away and being around him is a deeply toxic situation for me. He's been doing stuff like this my whole life, taking credit out in my name when I was a teenager and into my adulthood, trying to get me to give him my student loan money, lying about me being a dependent on his taxes, stealing money given to me by my grandparents, and on and on. He did the same stuff to my grandfather as well. I was a parentified child, and I had to take care of him and his mental health issues when I was younger. As he was always on drugs and expected me to be his emotional support animal when he was having relationship issues. For instance, he would come into my room and talk to me all night long when I had to go to school, telling me about his problems like I was his therapist. I had to convince him to not drive a car off a bridge without telling anyone many times. He liked to constantly leave me with the mystery that he might end things. Another example, I had to call an ambulance when he passed out on sleeping pills once and wouldn't wake up. This sort of stuff is probably part of why I feel so much outsized responsibility for his life, all on top of being a generally emotionally abusive person, neglecting me my entire life while spending money on massive amounts of Coca-Cola collectibles and other stuff that feels a bit beyond the scope of a Reddit post about an entitled parent. My childhood was pretty traumatizing. He was always entitled around everyone, and I always thought on some level I was exempt from it, but I never was. He's always talked so awfully behind the back of anyone who tries to ask him for money back, and I guess now he feels entitled to my money too. I know what it looks like from the other side, from him forcing me to be his confidant for all those years growing up, when I should have been focused on growing up. He didn't even like me having friends because that was taken. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Taking something away from him, especially when he didn't have a girlfriend, I became his daughter wife. I've gone non-contact with him in the past, but then I went back due to pressure from the family and this idea that somehow he might still love me. I feel like it's not worth the drama to do it again. I just wish I wasn't so afraid he'll die. It's like, I really do feel like he's entitled to me. Even right now, after my dream this morning, I worry that he's dead, that somehow my dream really happened in some way, and it's hard not to call him to check up on him. But I know that if I do, my mental health will deteriorate. It's like, no matter how awful he is, I keep going back for more. Part of me really feels he is entitled to me. No matter what he does, I still love him. And it's like he uses that to hurt me again and again. I seem to forget about his abuse, but then it returns back to me. Therapy doesn't help because I end up getting super defensive of him again. I'll say something bad about him and I'll feel responsible for it and need to talk to him again for being such an awful and ungrateful child. It seems very hard to de-internalize this stuff. This is a very complex situation for OP. I'm definitely no expert. If I had to go any way about it, I would say keep reaching out and explain how you feel, but also be unrelenting on the fact that they owe you this money. I mean, don't allow them to weasel their way into having that out where you just kind of let it go. You know, if they're never good enough to get it back to you, maybe explain that you still have love for them, but you need to take a step back. Our next story is, My Toddler's Shoes Don't Match His Underwear? Heresy. So I've said in a few previous posts that I used to work in childcare and as such have a few good stories. This happened a few years ago and so some details are foggy but I'll do my best to get the important bits across clearly. The childcare center I worked at was divided into two floors, infants and toddlers downstairs and three-year-olds and up upstairs. I was working downstairs in the toddler room when I met the entitled parents. To set the stage, their childcare was subsidized meaning that the state paid for most, if not all of it. I also knew through conversation that their housing was also subsidized. They were on food stamps, etc., etc. Basically, if there was a financial aid system active in the state, they were receiving it. I don't say this to disparage anyone who needs those services, but to point out the absurdity of their lifestyle. They drove a Mercedes and a BMW, both new. They wore gold and precious stones, expensive clothes, never the same outfit twice, always had fresh haircuts, and entitled mom in particular took great pride in her long, gaudy nails. I'm not sure how they could afford all of these luxuries and still qualify for government-assisted everything, considering they were both unemployed. I suspect Entitled Dad dealt illicit substances, but since I lack concrete evidence, I won't get into that. Apparently they wanted these traits to rub off on their son, who we'll call Adam. 
As a two-year-old, Adam wore brand-name clothes, new outfits every day, had professionally styled buzz cuts and diamond studs in his ears. The earliest story of insanity I can recall from these people was only a few days after their care started. We asked the parents to have a few spare changes of clothes for our younger kids, who on occasion needed them for obvious reasons. Entitled mother was happy to oblige with several full outfits. Not just pants, shirts, socks, and underwear, mind you. Full outfits. Pants, shirts, socks, underwear, belts, shoes, hats, accessories. Pretty sure we could have found the kitchen sink in there if we looked hard enough. Naturally, him being a toddler, he did what toddlers do and had an accident one morning. Wasn't serious, just needed some new undies and pants. So we gave him just that. And he went about his day being an ordinary human child. However, when Entitled Mother came to pick him up that afternoon, she took it upon herself to very loudly and forcefully educate all of us that when one piece of the outfit needs changed, everything changes. And that in the future, she wants us to change him into whole new sets of clothes every time he needs changed, regardless of how minor it is. I'm sure there's more tales of toddler Adam's entitled mother to tell, like that time she threw a torrential fit that one of his diamond earrings went missing because, duh, toddlers will play with piercings, but I went back to working upstairs with the older kids shortly after that and wouldn't be reintroduced to entitled mother for about another year until he came up and became part of my group again. And things went from mildly annoying to just kind of sad. The first thing we repeatedly tried to bring to their attention were issues with Adam's sight. He had at least one lazy eye and it was pretty severe. During each of his yearly vision screenings, held at the center for all the kids, the nurse would always recommend that he be taken to an optometrist, as the problem could be corrected since he was still young. But no, my son ain't wearing no glasses was all we ever got out of Entitled Mother when we broached the issue. Because of his impaired vision, coupled with the fact that his home life consisted of sitting in front of a TV or phone all the time, he began to fall behind developmentally. There was nothing wrong with his cognitive abilities. In fact, I actually think he could be quite smart when he wanted to be. But it was just very clear that his parents saw him as nothing more than an accessory to dress up and post pictures of on Facebook. So even as a three-year-old, he just didn't care. He wouldn't engage during activities, was very unsociable, and constantly sought attention through disruptive or destructive means. He wasn't a bad kid, there's no such thing, but he had a lot of problems that his parents' negligence made worse by the day. The one point that I'll never forget was one day one of our activities was getting all the kids in his age group to write the letters of their name in order. And while most kids were able to do at least some of it, Adam was still at a point where he didn't even know what letters were in his name. Or maybe he did, but his motivation to do anything was just non-existent. So being about as stubborn as he was, I sat with him all that afternoon going over it with him. The letters in his name and the motions to write them on the paper, and I wasn't going to stop until something happened. And at some point, it did. Eventually, he was able to write a great big letter A on a piece of paper all by himself. And I'll never forget the look on his face when he realized what he had done. It was like he instantly became a whole different kid. Not someone sitting with his arms crossed, staring blankly at the table, happy to wait until you got bored of trying to help and moved on. 
He was beaming ear to ear, holding the paper up to me and proudly proclaiming, A for Adam, A for Adam. After a few high fives, he was more than happy to spend the rest of that afternoon practicing his A's. And we were both excited to show his mom what a great job he did with it when she came to pick him up. Uh Uh-huh, that's cool, honey. Let's go. She didn't even look down from her phone. And I've never seen a kid look more disappointed since. This kind of behavior continued until their care eventually ended. I don't remember the exact reason, but they weren't kicked out or anything. And even after. One day, weeks after they were no longer with us, I answer a call from Entitled Mother out of the blue demanding her tax papers. Now, when you have a kid or kids in childcare, you get some kind of form every year to file with the rest of your taxes for something or other. I wasn't an office worker, so I don't know the details. What I do know is that we're not the ones who provide those forms, so we don't have anything for her. This answer does not appease her, as she just keeps demanding over and over again that we give her her tax papers. We're withholding them, we're stealing from her, yada yada. After informing her for the sixth or seventh time that we can't help her as we don't have her tax information, she just tells me that she'll be there in 10 minutes to take them herself. Before I can even tell her not to, she's hung up. True to her word, she's in the building 10 minutes later coming into the office and demanding that we give her those tax papers that we don't even have and threatening to get physical if we don't. Having had enough of her malarkey, I tell her flat out that she's no longer enrolled at this center and has no business on the premise, and it's not until I'm dialing 911 that she finally leaves. I call the non-emergency line anyway to report what just happened to be safe though. Yeah, anyway she was arrested for robbery and assault yesterday, so I thought I'd share a few stories. It's pretty darn heartbreaking that this kid got shut down so hard like that when they made a developmental milestone. Just horrendous parenting and makes you sad inside. Our next story is, my entitled parents kidnapped me and held me hostage at their home after a major car accident. I, 32-year-old female, was in a major car accident in January of 2021. Ironically, I'd been taking my boyfriend, 36-year-old male, to the ER because he had bleeding ulcers and ended up getting admitted to the hospital that night. This was still when they were enforcing COVID rules, so I was booted out of the hospital at about 3 in the morning. When I left, it was snowing, and not thinking, hopped on the freeway, which wasn't a good idea. I'd been driving a lifted Jeep Cherokee with mud terrain tires, not the best ever for snowstorm driving. Getting off the freeway to go home, my brakes locked up and I went into a light pole head first at about 60 miles per hour. My Jeep didn't have airbags. That was dumb. Needless to say, my car was totaled and I had to be extracted from the car by the fire department. This whole time I'd been blacking out and losing consciousness. And I still get random flashes of, I don't have all my memories from that night or several months after the accident. I got sent to the nearest trauma center, which was the same hospital I had just left. The nurses felt pretty bad about kicking me out. I ended up with a moderate to severe traumatic brain injury, broken under my left eye, hairline fractures on my skull on the left side, bruising behind my ears and black eyes. I also cut open the inside of my mouth, had multiple lacerations all over my face. I broke my driver's side window with my face, broke and bruised some ribs, had hairline fractures in my spine, broke my right wrist, my right knee, and my left foot, which required two surgeries and I still need approximately three more. Needless to say, I was not doing great. 
I had recently gotten divorced the previous year and think that my entitled parents decided that my accident was my boyfriend's fault. I had to stay in the hospital for a total of 12 days, in which case the mild family drama exploded into a severe family inferno. As I got closer to being released, all I had wanted to do was go home to my boyfriend and our kids. He had two previously and I had one. My entitled mother decided that wasn't what she wanted. On the phone, we sound almost identical. The whole time that I was in the hospital, she had been getting on the phone and impersonating me to my apartment complex management, even going as far as calling the cops to get my boyfriend and his two kids removed from my apartment. They were not on my lease yet. My entitled mother also forged my signature on hospital paperwork and made up a story about how my boyfriend was abusive to me and got him banned from seeing me at the hospital. Again, forging my signature and writing a letter stating I didn't want to see him. This whole time, I was still suffering from the effects of my TBI and was delirious from the combination of pain medications and brain fog from my head injury. Entitled Mother had even changed the locks on my apartment without my consent. When I finally was released from the hospital, I was in a wheelchair because of my broken foot that had just had two plates and ten screws surgically put in to hold it together and an ankle to hip brace on my other leg for my knee being broken. I requested to go home to my apartment, but again, Entitled Mother played it that I couldn't go home because I had a second story apartment and couldn't take care of myself. So I got sent to stay at my parents' house, against my will, an hour away from home because Entitled Mother wanted to make sure that I wasn't going to let my boyfriend come back to my apartment. I spent almost a whole miserable month there. Entitled mother refused to take me home, even after I got crutches and was able to bear some weight. Initially, they refused to even go get my crutches from town because they didn't want me to have more mobility. Eventually, it got to the point where I had a friend come and pick me up from Entitled Mother's house so I could go home because they kept refusing to let me go. As I gained clarity in my mind and was taken off the intense pain medication, I was able to start rectifying the situations that Entitled Mother made a huge mess of in my life, but I'm still trying to recover in some areas. I didn't find out until much later when medical bills started coming in that Entitled Mother had called my boyfriend's health insurance company, impersonating me and had me removed from his insurance. It took months of calling and badgering and footwork on my part to get the situation figured out and have the insurance pay for what they were supposed to pay for. It almost caused me to go bankrupt. At the same time, Entitled Mother signed me up for minimal health insurance coverage through the state that I had no idea I was enrolled in until I got a bill later stating that I back owed fees. Needless to say, I eventually completely cut both Entitled Mother and my father out of life after finding out how much they tried to control and how much they messed my life up. I ended up getting protection orders after they tried to break into my house, stalked me, and sent family and friends over to harass me. The whole incident was the straw that broke the camel's back. There was quite a bit of a retaliation on their side that threw my life into a total tailspin ever since, but I'm sticking to my guns and not backing down. I love the fact that OP clarifies that this situation was just the straw that broke the camel's back, as if this wasn't the equivalent of another camel just being airdropped onto the camel's back. This was a thermonuclear warhead aimed directly for the camel's back. There's no straw here. This whole thing was crazy insane, and the mother deserves to be locked up, not just a protection order. But with that being said, 
That's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another crazy entitled parent story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 